and welcome in to another episode of the Making Mark Wrestling Show on the Tell Me More Podcast. I'm your host, Mac Moore, here again with Ethan Raby. How's it going, Ethan? Is it Hagar or Hagar? Oh, that's the bit that me and Wade just did on the last one. I kept saying- Wade uh, will kick it to you. I kept saying uh, Jack Hagar, Jack Hagar, Jack uh, Hagar. So I got the three, and then finally, like I don't even think we did it at the end of the podcast. I think Wade said it after we were already done. He's like, I thought it was Jake. And I'm like, yeah, that's the bit. God. <laughs> it's but, so confusing. But yeah, that, no, one, I, that, is, that one fucking promo. I'm going Just Hagar. Like, I'm going like I don't like Hagar or Hager. I'm going I'm going Hagar. I think it's the best one. I'm, and I'm and it's also that. it's it's Jack. It's it's Jack Hagar. That's the that's actually the hardest part. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's Jack Hagar. Wonder. So, but I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking. <laughs> I'm glad that the only thing that tells us whether you're doing fine is uh, figuring out the names to these wrestlers and how to how to pronounce them correctly. Need a little order in my life. There's there's a handful of uh, Joshi uh, participants uh, on this list, but I'm glad that we got stuck on the white person's name. We just couldn't get it. So. Uh, not not a good sign for whether we can pronounce the rest of the names on this card. I took a year of Japanese in high school. I can pronounce these names. Okay. And then a- after that, I'm useless in right, Japanese. Perfect, perfect. But pronunciation. All right. So as uh, was just alluded to by Ethan, we are going to be talking about AEW for this podcast. This is going to be mostly about full gear, although uh, we have not gotten Ethan's uh, opinions on the state of wrestling, all of wrestling. There's been so much going on, and we've not done too many podcasts since you know they put SmackDown on Fridays, and they've had the Wednesday Night Wars. And this week, there was ooh, a, yeah. there's an actual war now because the ratings are uh, neck and neck for AEW Dynamite and NXT TV on USA. So we're gonna have some conversations about that, but I think we're gonna push it to the end. Right now, I want us to knock out a preview of Full Gear, and we're gonna hit some of those opinions. Uh, and I, I hit a few talking with Wade, uh, and you know I, I think a lot of it was a little uh, negative because you know what I'm I'm the host of a wrestling podcast, so I gotta be a little negative. <laughs> but uh, we we also want to be positive because you know I, I took off Saturday. I want to watch uh, Full Gear. I know Ethan, you got roped into a bar shift, but yeah, you know, it's, uh, it'll be on. I just don't know how much of it'll be able to catch. <laughs> so. Right now, starting out, I think the talk of the town is the Cody Rhodes promo. Like, uh, one of the things I would say mm-hmm. is that, you know, I, I, I definitely missed a lot of wrestling. And if you guys listened to the last podcast, you know, part of it was the failures of the TNT app. And I've just had a hard time even watching AEW the last couple of weeks. But once I saw social media uh, set ablaze, I just knew, okay, this is the promo we got to watch. When The Rock weighs in to tell you this is a damn good promo, you need to watch it. And uh, just to start with, you know, uh, I, th- I think Cody has a duality to his promos that are really great and it it, it adds to the story he's telling cuz what is the the main focus of the promo it's that you know I'm a wrestler but I'm also part of management you know just like my dad did before me like this is a thing and it's brought up and it's it's part of the story it is something that it plays both as a shoot and a work and in terms of the duality for Cody you know, he's not just selling being a wrestler. He's trying to sell being a promoter. And you can see that in the promo. There's part of the promo that's extremely emotional. And it's building the match with Jericho. And it's almost like he just turns off. He turns off the waterworks. And he's got the pitch that's going to sell the company. It's going to sell the elite versus the inner circle. Why they created this company. And he's just doing it on these two different levels. Going back and forth. And sometimes, as we know... Uh, when you try to pull off two things, you end up screwing up both of them. In this case, Cody is knocking both of them out of the park, and I wasn't sure how excited I was going to be for Full Gear. Obviously, I was going to to watch it, but I don't know if I was sold yet until I watched that promo. What did you think hearing Cody talk? We just we both just listened to it just a few minutes ago to refresh ourselves and be ready for this. How did you feel about that promo? Uh, gave me goosebumps. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm rock hard, but I'm getting there. <laughs> uh, it was great. It was awesome. And like you said, it was it was this this uh, perfect explanation of wrestling for people who, who you your your casual fans or the people that walk in on you watching wrestling while you're bartending that say, well, isn't this fake? And it's like, well, I mean, just watch this promo and it explains it. Little, it it's it's a very important promo, I think, in the history of wrestling 
because like you said, it perfectly combines the real aspects of understanding management and booking, but also understanding how this product is delivered um, and making it very personal without being overly, I, I don't know. It, it was, it was very personal and it was very aggressive. It was like, I think a lot of times when you get to those like emotional promos, there's a lot of vulnerability there and there was for like a split second. And then it just took off in the opposite direction of being just completely powerful. Um, yeah. I, I, that's, that's a top, you know, five promo since I've been back watching yeah. wrestling. Like, and I, I, part of it is it's, you know, when you're talking about these ways to explain wrestling, it's really hard to get something that fits kind of, if, if you were to take that duality and explain it as like WWE versus AEW, what their kind of ideas are, what they think, you know, how wrestling should work. With WWE, you know, it's it's the, the moniker that they've been selling for so long, sports entertainment. They're trying to make a TV show that's about wrestling. It's not a just a wrestling TV show like they are there to sell the TV side of it more than anything and sometimes that comes at the ire of fans particularly hardcore fans but if you're being reasonable rational and looking at the whole picture you do know that you can't survive off only selling to that crowd which is what we've just seen from AEW they are putting on the best wrestling show they can they are putting on one that is like almost to a fault, they are making sure that the wrestling is the thing that is the focus, and sometimes the storyline kind of falls out, and <clears throat> that can be a problem. And it, it, I think it's been a problem. I think the AEW has, uh, at the very least, uh, fallen short compared to what NXT has been able to accomplish, where they've given the best of both worlds. Right. And right now, I think it's it's not on Cody that AEW has not done that because every time he's picked up the mic, he has struck that balance perfectly. And actually, maybe even better because I don't think there's anybody on NXT that has made me feel the goosebumps that I just felt. They do a great job of doing the best of both worlds in terms of, oh, we're putting on the type of show that we know they're going to try to sell to somebody who's not a wrestling fan, doesn't watch week in and week out, but it's like, this is entertaining, watch it. And then it's also uh, still good fan service. It's giving us you know the Finn Balor going back to NXT and all this, and we're like, right. damn, this is so good. We're so excited. Hardcore wrestling fans love it, and it's also something you can still sell to a casual audience. In terms of like feeling goosebumps, they have not had a storyline that's really gotten me there. Even something as good as uh, Champa Johnny Gargano, I think they've done it amazing. But I still don't think at the end of the day I felt that realness, and that's the 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 thing in wrestling that I think Cody wants more than anything is that when people talk about wrestling, oh, isn't it fake? It's like no, it's predetermined because Cody just showed you in that promo it can be real as hell. Yeah. You can do it in a way that both brings in their personal life, makes you connect with the superstar, but at the same time you don't need to break kayfabe this isn't just a wink wink at the camera you can do it in a way that makes you say no they're going out there to beat the hell out of each other that's their job he wants to win more than anything also at the same time we don't need to pretend the fans are stupid and it's we say it like it's simple but look at it there are so many people that have had so much problems pulling this off pretending it's just been vince screwing it up for you know the last you know 10 years at least like AEW just walked into the market and in my opinion I think they've had a very hard time doing it. Cody on the other hand seems like every time he sets to to you know ride that to walk that line he's done a damn good job. Yeah. Um be, I'll let you jump in. I I, know I didn't mean to just go on the the full ram but I will do this real quick to set you up to to get one more of your opinions on this. So Bubba Ray on Busted Open Radio talked about how the promo was close to perfect for that crowd. And then he said his best compliment is actually that it sold the pay-per-view. And, you know, as Dusty Rhodes always said, sell, sell, sell. Now, obviously, we were going to buy full gear. We were going to watch it no matter what. That crowd was always going to buy full gear. But did it sell it? Like, we just talked about how we think it did. We think it at least met that criteria, the type of content that would sell it. But do you think that the pay-per-view was something that, was successfully sold to everybody that the WWE loyalists, the casuals, the non-wrestling fans that are just tuning in and like, you know, they, they don't even know whether they'll like or dislike wrestling. Do you think that this promo did a great job of attracting it to watch on Saturday? Uh, I, I do. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if, uh, if you weren't already interested, it's hard to say cause I, I'm already interested. Like, like I said, I was already sold. So it's, I would need the opinion of somebody who wasn't. 
But um, to me, it made me more more excited. I'm more interested in it. And, you know, yeah, you have the kind of scrum at the end of, of, of Dynamite, which is becoming a theme and cool. Like, I, I, I'm... It's not the worst plan. Yeah. I, I never like something that seems... Uh... You know, if I can guess the ending, that's usually a bad sign. But right. also, but you know, if if it, it's the most exciting thing you can do, you make sure that you don't send fans home sad, and that's a great way to to keep people happy. And that's probably and their best strength right now. There's there have been so many times where the go home show for pay per view, you're left with that uh, like that's it like kind of attitude. Um, this didn't leave that at all. This definitely felt like a uh, a a setup, a go home show for a bigger show. This weekend. All right. So I want to look at a little bit more on the card, and I think the way to open it up, we we've talked um, previous uh, podcasts uh, looking at these AEW pay per views, and we talked about how certain matches uh, they they sold the pay per view, such as you know the any WWE factor, Moxley, Jericho. Uh, there there are certain aspects that brought the crowd in or brought the buy rate in, and then it was another match, usually the Young Bucks. Uh, that did the most to earn repeat customers. They once you get them in the door, they're right. the ones that are like, okay, we got them to stay. Uh, which match on this card do you think is most likely to fit that mold? Um, you know, normally I would just double down, uh, and uh, <laughs> go with the Young Bucks. Uh, but I I don't know what they're able to do with Santana and Ortiz. I don't know what they're capable of in this avenue. But it could, I mean, it could easily be that Young Bucks just have made a career of being that act that uh, even if it's not their match that you're there for, it's their match that you watch and come back for and stay for. Um, looking at this, um, God, eh, you know what I think the match is going to be is going to be uh, the the triangle tag match uh, for the titles. Okay. I think that, I think that's going to be your match that has the most excitement to it. And has the most uh, reaction from your least enthusiastic fans. That's a, probably a good bet. You know the the Lucha Brothers always bring it mm. private party at the very least. The, the types of moves they do uh, make those matches keep it's, going. Everyone loves private party. Yeah, that's just a fact of wrestling. And uh, SoCal uncensored. I'm still confused. At, I'll get out by the gimmick, but Frankie Kazarian and Scorpion Sky bring it as well. So you know that it's going to be a top-end match, but you you also need that level of uh, name recognition and delivering a top match. I think that one will probably fall there where it does a good job early on in the card. It's exciting. I just don't know how many that's going to be like. Somebody's going to watch it and be like, now I'm a wrestling fan I, or now I'm an AEW fan. I think um, if there's anything to be said about the name recognition here, it is the Lucha Brothers. But it is something that. That's a name recognition, though, it, for hardcore it, wrestling fans. The ones I, who know it, them already know. I'd say Lucha Brothers are somewhere between your hardcore and your people who know the Young Bucks. Okay. Whatever that is. Okay. So I, for me, I'm looking at two matches. The, mo- the one I'd probably put my money on right now, just based on what they've been able to do and the fact that I think it's just on the up, 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 up. Uh, Adam Page and Pac, or Pac. Uh, going at it, I feel like you know all of the negatives I gave to Adam Page. He has just you know brushed those aside uh, over the last few weeks. Uh, you know, in terms of somebody who's delivered on the weekly shows, yeah. uh, Adam Page has done it better than most. Which I wouldn't have pegged him to be the guy when you're looking even at the top end of the talent at AEW. Wouldn't have been my guess of the guy who keeps delivering each week. Um, but I, I think those two, at the very least, I know that they can go in the ring. And I, I think if Adam Page can just milk the type of match out of Chris Jericho that he did last time, right. uh, I think that with with Pack, that it's going to be pretty freaking solid. So you know who I who I compare in my mind a little bit Adam Page to is Seth Rollins in the sense that you look at him as there's an understanding that he's pegged to be the guy or one of the guys, you know, one of your top stars. And then there's just a little bit of there's that that hesitation to it, you know, over the years that that for me personally, there are times where I see Seth Rollins cut a promo and I think that that was the best promo of the last six months and his matches are great and this and that. When is that? Uh, Nate, and I, the, and then, tell me one that you thought that happened. I don't know. I was drunk. All right. 
I, I, I'm not don't, saying don't, you're. No, I'm not saying you're wrong. You, I just like right. I, but you know, you I know how so when you put me right. on the spot as we're doing a show, yeah. you realize how how insane that is to ask for me to draw from my brain of all the wrestling I've watched. I mean, if it was years. the greatest one in the last six months, it should be a short list. I don't know it was a couple years ago. So that's the thing. I think cool. it's a, way to derail the conversation. So, anyway, what I'm saying so was is he a that heel at the time. Uh, no. Okay. All right. Cool. You, this is great. Great conversation that we're having here. Yeah, Wonderful. we're talking it out. I think. Anyway, if anybody who listened to the last podcast, they know we had a pretty uh, lengthy discussion about Seth Rollins, and you know, at this point, I like I want to be convinced on Seth Rollins. You know, I I, I want it. Uh, That's I, the point I'm trying to make. That's what I'm driving at. That's what I I'm think, getting to. I think with Adam, Page, with Adam I th- Page, I think that there is some hesitation still. Yeah. And this is this could be if he keeps moving up, if he has, and a further evolution from. That Jericho match that we talked about. Yeah. If this is a further evolution of that, then I think that just builds that much more confidence for fans and for him as a performer. Yeah. I for me, I would say Seth Rollins has been on the top stage, especially in the last couple of years. Like he's been given everything. And Adam Page, I think for me, it, it's just familiarity at this point. I think the the people who are big AEW fans are keep telling you. Page is good. Page is, is like, well, I haven't seen it yet. And now the longer, the more time you get with him, the more it's like, yeah, no, I see it too. With Seth Rollins, I think people see it from the beginning. I think he jumped, He when he was in FCW, when he was uh, those first, uh, once it became NXT, like he jumped off the screen. And I think the longer I watch him, the more I'm like, there's just something missing. Yeah. Like this isn't like he needs to figure it out. It's like, I just don't think it's ever going to be there. I think it, there's something with Seth Rollins that he's, he, he's, it's not wrong to put him in the spotlight and to put him up at the top, but it's just not going to happen because there's something there that's just gone. And I think maybe as a heel, it I can live with it more, but yeah. especially as a face as, and as being as the main baby face on the top brand, I just don't know, man. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's kind of, like you said, the the something missing factor is I think a lot of a lot of people's opinion with Rollins. And you haven't necessarily had the something missing yet with, with Adam Page. Because it, it, it is still so, at least in this avenue, new as far as AEW goes. But, you know, the people who have been watching him in New Japan know he can go. And that's never going to be the question. It's a matter of what else can he do. And it's not that there's something missing. It's will there be something missing or what? Yeah. Is, what am I what am I going to be left desiring after an Adam Page program? Or is there nothing that I'm going to want afterwards? Yeah. And I could see that. I'm I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping the biggest thing with oh, Adam. Oh, me too. Absolutely. I'm hoping not not even just that there is something missing, but I'm hoping with Adam Page, it's that the the once he is seen, like all of the good stuff that people have seen, it's just kind of Kenny Omega is in a similar position right now. All of the greatness. If you didn't watch it when it happened elsewhere, you are going to be really fucking confused when you turn into AEW and you're like, right, this so is the this best, is, best, this the best the world. guy. Yeah, yeah, it's like what's happening right yeah. now. And that's why I think though I said I'd put the money on Adam Page and Pac just be, or Pac just because recently they've both been putting on good matches weekly. Yeah. And Kenny Omega is the one who is supposed to be the best in the world. And at this point. There's just something wrong that, I, and I'm hoping because I was so excited for this match when it should have happened, and then Moxley had the injury and he had to pull out. But like Moxley versus Kenny Omega, hopefully this gets it off the side. And I know that Kenny Omega, I've seen it. I know he's got the the ability to do it. And Moxley, uh, in terms of the you know as long as, long as it's a non-sanctioned lights out match, I know he can deliver in those situations. I'm still not entirely sure what that means. It it just means it's non-sanctioned again, but they needed to find a new way to sell it, and so the the lights out just means they they are, are they gonna like like turn off like the the lights that light the audience or something. They're like only gonna a, have the lights on that they'd have after the show is over, so they're gonna perform as if they're like you you know you send people to clean up all kind of like, like the like the Rock Mick Foley halftime heat match, but like with people. Yeah, but there's still okay. fans there. I don't know if the security guards go home. Um, yeah, no, they it should. <laughs> Go on, protect the goddamn business. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, that is the type of match that I think definitely at this point, Kenny Omega needs it, you know, and maybe I'm overstating it. Maybe I'm just trying to create drama and cre- create some sort of, uh, you know, fun way to talk about this on the show. But I really do believe like at this point, Kenny Omega has had just such a lukewarm, uh, experience so far in AEW for everybody else that you know Cody at one point during the summer was just putting on these great promos that led into great matches and you're like he might be the best in the he might be the best in the well, world. Well, I think a lot of it could be a factor. A factor of this could be that um, 
you know, is it just that Omega's best program is supposed to be Moxley, but there's just been a snag in that? Yeah. And now they can kind of get back on track. And maybe this is the opportunity to get back on track. Um, and that's possible. I guess the big thing, though, is so part of the buildup was, you know, Moxley and Omega going at it, but not actually getting to face each other in the ring. We watched Moxley put on a hell of a match, Joey Janela, and that non-sanctioned, you know, whatever they ended up calling it. But that was a hell of a good time. Kenny Omega got to face uh, Shima. And he's had like he's had the experiences where you know he, he had a match with with Pac. So the, it's not that he's just like facing bombs or he's trying to no, like no, elevate lower end guys. He's had the matches that could you know potentially bring them up. And if you're just saying it's because well we're waiting for the Moxley match, like well I was waiting for the Moxley Omega match, and I still loved the stuff Moxley was doing before he got injured. Sure. There's just something with Omega right now. And you know I Wade tried to turn it into hot takeville where it's like maybe he's just not that good. Maybe uh maybe it was o- I was the one who said maybe it was Okada the whole time. But you know joking because Wade's like I. Don't- I don't know, man. Like uh, we got we got to see it from him. Fuck Wade. He's not here to defend himself, <laughs> which is funny. Wade will kick it to you. We made sure last time to say fuck Ethan, so we had we had to get it into oh, every yeah. podcast when there's only two of us here. This, whoever can, whoever can, doesn't hey, make it to hey, the podcast, can I ask you a serious gets question? Ripped. Is, does he ever kick it to me? No, he doesn't do that bit now. Well, I don't even know if he knows the bit exists. So <laughs> that's I a good point. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll check with him we'll and keep we'll doing see. the bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think that's on the list. And then obviously, you know, not to just name the top of the card and pretend like I'm, you know, being smart as I picked every horse uh, in the race. Uh, Chris Jericho, <laughs> Cody. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we know what Cody's been able to do in these matches, and particularly when we just watched that promo. Uh, what's the chance he doesn't have a great game plan uh, going into this? Although I will say I- the last match, Sean Spears. Like I said uh, when we talked about it, underwhelming for me, but. It was, a, it was a weird situation. Hopefully that doesn't come into play here and they just put on a but, really great match. But you know what else is underwhelming? Sean Spears. So Ooh, <laughs> somebody is turned. He used to love the perfect 10 and now you're making Wade comments about him. Yeah, because he's not the perfect 10 anymore. <laughs> That's the only thing I liked about him. No, I don't know. I mean, it, it's nothing against him, but you know, considering the level of drama that you can put into a match the story the this is the in-ring storytelling portion of wrestling that you hear so much about this match is it i would be amazed if this is not a solid match like it, it's 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 two guys and yes you know with you we have our criticisms of jericho yeah uh whether it's it's the the just lack of i, don't know, I, I just i'm basically i just don't like Judas effect but uh <laughs> But there's what, also but, the the worry of him just being too old at this point, and, and, and you know, just there's a lot of how, stuff. How how much can he go? It's, I'm not yeah. saying he can't go. It's how no. much can he go, and who can he go with? And especially if you're um, talking about this match needing to live up to this great promo, this promo that you just said earlier is one of the you know greatest promos of all time, or is going to have this yeah. big impact. Yeah, like you can't come in and have just well, we it, it wasn't awful. Like that can't be the goal is to like get through this right. match. And I don't think Chris Jericho's quite at that point yet, but there definitely is just I, in the recent match. Matches, he there's there's a gear missing yeah. full gear not not what we've seen from Chris Jericho recently <laughs> it's all that bubbly um, <laughs> but uh, yeah no I, I think that and and also you know maybe with the exception just of the Sean Spears match since they've been on this train Cody has been putting on just amazing work I yeah. think so um, we'll see also these are two guys who have known each other for a long time you know you have more chemistry maybe. Uh, I, I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be great. I'm going to, I'm going to predict great okay. match. Yeah. But I, Four I stars. Would, that's not, not, not bad. I'm not going to go into predictions here for, uh, stars, but, uh, I <laughs> yeah, will I say, I don't know why I did that. I'm I will say if I'm going to put on the, 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 the pick for the <coughs> question that was originally posed by me, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm going to land on Paige and Pac. Page and Pac. I, I think that's yeah. where I'm at. Um, so next up talking about. Let's see. I was gonna do the gripes thing, but I, I I killed that at the beginning of the podcast. I'm I'm ruining all of my notes by just <laughs> saying the jokes too early. Um, so, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I will say that with AEW, you know, it's a program that has an extremely loyal following. Um, but it also at this point remains under a million viewers. And there was a shift this week. NXT caught up uh, a couple, you know, 30,000 or something viewers below it. So we're getting a real battle there. But that's also just not good numbers. Like when we we were just critically panning WWE 
for having once they were like slipping below two million. And this is a show that can't get above one, which doesn't need to be a problem. It's a brand new company, and you know, uh, you know, when you think about how the market has changed in terms of people streaming and different stuff. Uh, you know, WWE has a built-in brand. They have a built-in number, and as it dwindles, that's a bigger bad sign than you know AEW not being able to crack a million viewers. But at the same time, you can't consider that a success, even if you consider the programming a success. If you think they're on the right path and they're just delivering a stellar product, the type of product that keeps fans happy, and you see that each week, those fans are going yeah. crazy for everything that's going on. But it does need to grow. What part of AEW you think hasn't landed the way it needs to, and how do you want to see them improve that going forward? Um, I think uh, it is a wrestling show for wrestling fans, which is a positive for you know the world of wrestling and wrestling viewership. But uh, in terms of growing your product and getting, you know, you, you can't walk down. It, 1999, you could not walk down the street without seeing a, a Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt or the Rock shirt or, or, or something of that nature, NWO. Um, they don't have mo a mainstream connection. Um, you know, as far as growth goes, you need that. You need, and even shit, like WCW had how many NBA players on the roster at a given time? And, and, and Jay Leno, I, I mean, two, but, yeah. and, but, uh, you know, having something that is, a mainstream attention grabber that um, more than more than I mean the advertisements during NBA Finals things like yeah. that will be big, um, and you kind of wonder the market that they're in, in t on TNT. What else does TNT really have? They've got March Madness. They've got NBA Finals. Brazilian Isles. I'm not even actually sure if it's on that network, but I'm guessing. <laughs> okay, Rizzoli in the NBA Finals. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be. Uh, Dependent on, I think, advertisement as well. You know, just getting a main... I think mainstream viewership is very important for a wrestling company to succeed. Vince McMahon has has made a, a fucking 15-year deal with Saudi Arabia. He's got money. He's not worried. And AEW has money. But at the same time, they also, I think, need... At this point, they need TNT more than TNT needs them. Yeah, and also in terms of having money, you know, Vince McMahon has money and he lives in the wrestling business. Like, that's his life. That's what he does. Right. He's, you know, venturing into XFL, but there's still always going to be that, that wrestling side is going to be the cornerstone. In terms of the money for the AEW with Tony Khan, and his dad has already talked about it. He's like, yeah, he, he I, I wasn't going to give him the money until he like showed that this was going to be a you know good venture it's a it's a good bet and to have that kind of person in charge of the purse strings where he he's into everything else you know and you know the the, the AEW fans will always point to the fact that the cons have more money right. than Vince McMahon but Vince McMahon has more wrestling money than the cons do because right. that money is in you know not it, just the Jaguars but the rest of his businesses this is a side project for his son yeah and, like, and, and totally different and AEW cannot afford to be the Jacksonville Jaguars of professional wrestling <laughs> Uh, that being said, Jacksonville Jaguars versus the first uh, XFL champions. Um, let's make that happen. Let's book sounds, it. Sounds like a good time. Book it. So, Saudi Arabia. So yeah, I, I, one of the things you you know you're pointing to is just the the mainstream versus the hardcore audience. And you talk about well, you know, look at all these WCW, you know, uh, NBA stunts that they did where they Gim brought in publicity Rodman. stunts and gimmicks. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and WWE did the same thing, and some yeah. you know more successfully having something like Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson is the biggest. I mean, and going back to but go back to WrestleMania. I yeah. mean, you know, Rock and Wrestling Connection and and Muhammad Ali and you know all of these great connections. So it's I, been it's something they've been doing since. 85. So I got to ask, though, because in recent times, we know what the response has been from this hardcore audience, the same ones that's the only audience now and have gotten so mad that, you know, that is the, the complaint. The, the reason that they say that the numbers have gone down is they want a different wrestling product. They mm -hmm. want what AEW yeah. says they are. They want what NXT has become right now. And when you have an audience, your core audience wanting that. And every time you try to do the actions, you try to bring in a Tyson Fury to come in for this. You you make the championship match between Brock Lesnar with Kane Velasquez for a 
eight-year-old UFC feud, you have a certain section of your core audience getting upset. Is that conflict? And you know, the, we live in a world where we're just constantly divided. Is it impossible to bridge that gap where all the things that you need to do to to get this wider audience to get back that mainstream appeal is it just impossible when you're you're not going to excite people, the casual audience, and think this is a really cool concept to have, you know, some uh, UFC fighter or some boxer right. come in. That doesn't work if they hear the fans booing it. Right. You know, and and, and I get what you're saying. And it's just it just has to be not it has to be a, a quality over quantity. It can't be a get 20 celebrities to come on our show over the next six months. It has to be more dialed in and find. I don't know exactly where the middle ground is of celebrity and wrestling fan. Um, it seems pretty hard at this point because everybody well, that you, in, in 1998 it was Mike Tyson. Yeah, like that's what it was. Uh, in in 2019, it's not exactly Tyson Fury. That being said, I did enjoy his entrance at Crown Jewel. But I also thought, uh, talk, we talked about it with Wade. Uh, I think that the uh, that was booked as well as it could. Like, yeah, I, I think the bigger issue was how the fans responded to Brock and Velasquez uh, in terms of Tyson Fury, Braun Strowman. That is that that's was, what I thought would be the clusterfuck, I, and they pulled it off. Yeah, rather it, well. It, it was yeah. They, they I mean like. He could he have maybe had a few more sessions of just kind of getting the the fluidity down? Sure. But also as much of you're asking from somebody who's not from that world. I didn't think he'd look I that was good. Fine. I didn't like I didn't hear about him training before then. So the fact that he looked as good as he did surprised the hell out of me. And, and there are really only a handful, not even a handful of moments where I was like, oh, that was kind of awkward. Like I think there was one where Braun went to scoop him and he kind of stutter stepped or whatever, yeah. or he took a bump kind of odd. But you know, whatever. He's did you also expect him to do that many moves? Like yeah. I didn't. I, I thought it was going to be punches. I thought it was going to be Mayweather match. versus Big Show. Yeah. That's what I thought it was going to be. But um, back to that, as far as like who is this? What is your your you know ideal celebrity to fall into this and again meet that world of yeah. of being able to blend the reality the, yeah. the 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 shoot work and 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 who can that be? And does it have to be a participant? I mean, typically historically. Yeah, but then you look at a guy like Tyson. He had he he had to do a three count and punch Shawn Michaels in the face. You know, I think in nineteen ninety eight there would have been a fucking line of people willing to do that. Um for, for free. <laughs> and and uh Stop punching Sean. This is the we're not alive yet. Yeah. <laughs> No, uh, yeah, no, I, the part of- Lost his smile because he's got the shit beat out of him. So, yeah, I, 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 I get that, but when you ask the question, who's that star? I mean, I would have guessed, you know, Ronda Rousey. And then we watched how that was, and that the, was a success it, for the I, most part. I enjoyed it. And it, and it, and it But honestly, it also didn't bridge that gap. And I think without Ronda Rousey, you don't have the man. I don't think you yeah. have that, you don't have that build of all of that. And I, I think, yeah. I think in retrospect, I think in a few years, people won't look back at it as everyone's going to think it was a huge because it was a success yeah but you do have fans who just hated it um i didn't even know they the hated it i think they literally started hating ronda rousey in a way that like uh in the end i believe it was a success because they yeah, hated her they got worked into a shoot like, but <laughs> how do you work that into getting them to love wrestling again or think that vince isn't fucking things up it's a weird line that he vince has to do he has to find a way to continue to cultivate this hatred of the hardcore fans right. the audience he needs to not lose while also making the product work in a way that makes the casual audience it, not be hella fucking confused at why the fans are are booing the guys vince is putting as the good guys for them to cheer for. right i mean and and you know the aew version of that is even more treacherous to to navigate and what do you do to appease a bunch of 28 to 28 to 40 year old wrestling fans put fucking weezer as your tag team champions like is that what we're gonna see i don't know i don't know why i picked weezer but i don't think it's gonna happen <laughs> it's you know what whatever whoever it is is like it can't be a you know i, I don't think an aew audience is going to accept a professional boxer or MMA star. Here's the thing. I think they will. And I think the problem is they're just not getting, they're not going to get the stars that gets them that mainstream appeal. But I think the AEW fans are going to eat up pretty much anything. I think we're a long way away from them just like jumping the shark or turning on them. Like if Cody no, Rhodes no, no. tells I, them it's but, a good idea, like we saw that with, I, I don't know how many of those fans truly thought that, uh, you know, this uh, Jake Hager was going to do so well. Like if he showed up in WWE, the same week, same week. It was WWE. Fans would be like, who gives a shit about this loser? He showed yeah. up in AEW. It's like, we got this super behemoth that's coming to help Jericho. God, Genius you know move to you know bring what, in right. Jake you're Hager. Right. You're right. Maybe they. Do. Maybe now is the time. Pull the trigger and 
bring in fucking Shaq and put a title Get on Get Jaid Khan yeah. to pay somebody big to come in because they will eat it up. They will be like, see, they did it right. WWE failed on all these times of bringing in these celebrities. AEW knocked it out of the park on the first try. You are not going to fail that audience. The question yeah. is, what do you need to do to make sure you're bringing in that mainstream like audience to see it as well put, and to come put in the and the title like Gardner Minshew. There we go. <laughs> we found the middle ground and this helps uh, Shai Khan the most. I say it ironically but I'm probably right. They missed it by a week <laughs> but they were close. They should you can't do it after he's been benched for Big Dick Nick. So yeah. uh you missed Fine, it by a week. Put the title on Big Dick Nick. <laughs> there you go. That's even better. So yeah, I do I it think, in Jacksonville. I and you know and I, I we we talked a really long time about this, you know, this this is the real state of wrestling. It, it it's so hard for me to figure out, and I don't know how much I am just still playing devil's advocate, but it it does seem strange that I've talked about this for AEW for so long, and I even started to get sucked in myself thinking, man, they know how to put on real wrestling shows. They were putting on these great pay-per-views throughout the summer, and now we're to the moment. We got it on live television, and I think it's an underwhelming television show, and it shows in the ratings. And I know on the flip side, NXT, which I think <coughs> is right now, uh, I didn't think this before of NXT TV, but since they gone out on USA, it's been the best show on TV. It's found a way to mm-hmm. blend wrestling in the way I want to see, and it technically has less viewers than AEW. So neither one is winning on th- on you know that alone. But I think with AEW, they had the opportunity. They started out with a million viewers on that first week, and there just wasn't enough there to hook that. Th- whether it's the laps fans, whether it's the casuals, yeah. whether it's just non wrestling fans that tuned in because they saw it on an NBA yeah. Finals, you know, advertisement. Yeah, I I don't, I don't think that. Uh, I think with laps fans, uh, you know, AEW being the wrestling based show, I don't think I don't think the wrestling is usually what brings back slapped fans. It's it's good storytelling. But I I think programs. that's been the argument though, and I think that's the biggest problem is people talk about it as if like, no, I quit watching because it's like. There are so few. Most of the ones that quit, I think they quit because guys like Daniel Bryan and CM Punk became champion. I think, and, you know, fuck them if that's why they're not watching. I mean, but, I, I, I quit because John Cena never lost, but, you know, no, but there, that there, was my reason. There's a handful of fans that, like, they watch these smaller guys come in and it's like, well, I don't care. Like, the, the, why would I want to watch this? Like, I want to see the behemoths. I want to see, you know. These, is that is these, that backed by anything? Because I've never heard that before. What people leaving? That, that, the, well, that that's the reason is that it's just the the size of the wrestlers. I think there's a certain section of the audience that were wrestling fans in the '90s, and when they come back to watch, like it's not just size, but it's like the the star potential. And see, like when you're not seeing The Rock face off against Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania, and instead it's these guys you haven't heard of. Plus, yeah. there's so many of them. It's like, oh, those are wrestlers. Are they they're really wrestlers? And you have that from a a laps fan or even just a a the type of casual fan that might tune into wrestling but they wouldn't consider themselves wrestling fans i think when you're missing that thing vince is always looking for i think those are the ones that are like well that's why i'm not watching in terms of the the people who say it's because vince has created this shit show that doesn't really understand wrestling they watch it more weekly than i do like they've missed less time than i have yeah. they're watching live they're actually getting on to those nielsen ratings and i'm just on the hulu count you know, and that that's the type of people that they, they keep saying, oh, Vince drove me away because he did this. Oh, because sure. Roman keeps winning. Roman keeps getting WrestleMania main events. Those are the ones they haven't missed a goddamn episode. <coughs> the, the other side, the more, uh, I don't know, if we want to say Neanderthal style like wrestling fan, those are the ones that if you brought in, like if every match was just Brock Lesnar just destroying people and like you bring back the, it's not even the size of the wrestlers, probably more like the blood and the bra and panties matches. There's other factors right. that are missing. But I think size is also a thing. Like it, once it became closer to an indie product, Vince Vince kept like catering to that. Yeah. Like he's like, okay, I'm trying to appease this crowd. But in the end, one this roster looks like an indie show from 10 years ago. And the fans keep saying Vince doesn't listen to us and doesn't give us what we want. Now, he might still create a bad show. Maybe you need to get somebody better in charge of creating the show. But in terms of like pretending like he's ignored what your interests are and that you want these type of wrestlers, you want he keeps bringing it. He keeps he's trying to hoard all of them. He doesn't right. want anybody to be in a different promotion. And the idea that they've they've missed that and that's the thing that can bring back these viewers. I think it's crazy because th- this show looks as close to indie wrestling as it's ever going to look with Vince in charge. Yeah, no, you're right, and uh, yeah, it's it's you know the the Titan Industries or whatever the the official name was. I mean, like that's the thing is it's about you know 
Well, what was the show? Tuesday Night Titans. You know, it's yeah. about massive behemoths. You know, that is a factor. About people who are six five that we say are six nine. That's that's the main stars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the heroes. So I mean, when I when I look at the roster and I, I think of you know what's missing, and I'm not once again, it's not just like somebody tunes in like, well, that guy's small. I'm, I'm you know I'm clicking to a different channel, but it's always a factor. It's like looking in there and seeing something that's larger than life, and that's the only type of wrestling that they would tune in for. And the the sort of art of wrestling, the 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 you know having these guys who are just can you know go like like a Dolph Ziggler type. You know, it's like. They're not going to appreciate that. That's yeah. not going to have any impact on whether they keep watching this, or especially not if they they're not going to tune in next week to keep watching. Uh, the The biggest thing with size too is I think um, the combination of size and charisma. I think is is what well we charisma kind of, everybody's lost because I mean that that is on Vince. That is and, and, anybody who even has a little bit of it. Uh, you know, uh, one of the conversations they had on the last pod was with Matt Riddle, somebody who on the mic is awful and he's just not. They, it's not going to happen with the script in his hand. You let him talk trash on somebody with no script, yeah. and that's a guy you, you, you can root for. You let him get stoned in his living room, and he's going to cut the promo <laughs> of the week. Like, um, yeah, like it, it, you're right, and that's the thing is, you know, I think that that does pair with size too. Is when you have a charismatic, uh, six foot one, lean athlete, there's a difference between that and the Rock. You know, like the when you have that that added bulk along with the charisma um you know it just it just makes that person that much more untouchable yeah you know like that's the thing is is when you that's that kind of historically is what wrestling fans won't admit they want but they want a flawless character you know hulk hogan is the perfect example john cena is a great example uh at times you know austin and the rock fit that bill as well um and and the the fact that they're that character doesn't exist anymore, um, I think is a big, big factor in the wrestling world. Yeah, and I mean, once again, the going back to the scripts is always the biggest reason for the charisma side. And you have guys who might be able to fit that bill if given a better opportunity or less restrictions is right. you know, so much of it. And I you know, but I think the one thing I would say with size, once again, it's not that people are just tuning out because it's you know, how small somebody is or something. But you even look at a guy like Stone Cold <coughs> was relatively small for the guys he was yeah. competing with. Yeah. But he's 6'2 and stacked. Yeah. And now you have guys who, you know, even a Seth Rollins type who's on CrossFit instead of lifting, you know, heavy weights, it's a different type of person in the ring. And Seth Rollins is actually big compared to so much of the talent right now. Yeah. And I think you're just always going to limit yourself. And once again, it, it, it's not that this is a terrible thing or it's impossible to build an audience, but there's always going to be a certain number of people that would have watched or at least would have given it more of an opportunity, but now they won't. All right, so we're going to start talking. Uh, we just need to hit on the the women's matches before we get on out of here. I don't want to be rude about it, and I do have a little bit of a, a take on the, the women's division so far in AEW. Yeah. And so that's the first thing we'll talk about before we talk about the AEW Women's World Championship match between Riho and Sakura. Yep. And then there's a, a pre-show match as well with Bea Priestley and Britt Baker. And this one, uh, you know, payback match for the concussion, I guess. So uh, this one has some built-in feud, so it, it should be pretty good. It'll yeah. definitely be a pre-show match that I make sure that I watch. Uh, and we'll, we'll get to that in a second, but I do, I just have to make it clear. And I, I don't know if I've said this before in any of the previous discussion. I feel like we had at least one discussion on this before on the podcast. Uh, it's hard to, uh, separate what we talked about in person drinking and then what actually made it into this room. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think that the women's division has to me been very clearly underwhelming in AEW so yeah. far. And it's something that I thought they could have had the potential to, to do better and I think, you know, particularly with how much talent they've brought from the, the Joshi ranks in Japan, and it's a problem that it, it could just be name recognition. Uh, I, I don't know if that's part of it. Is there something else going on? What Like, do you agree with my initial assessment? And if so, what what could be the reason that they've had such a problem with that early on? I in do, this I do agree, and I have no fucking idea. Like, I don't know why, but yeah, there's something about it. Um I think there's been definitely moments. It's not. It hasn't been all all underwhelming. There have been moments that I've enjoyed, mostly um, 
I, I do still get excited when there's a Rio match. Um, but I don't really have much of an opinion outside of that. And, you know, maybe uh, B.A. Priestley and Britt Baker will put on something that kind of changes that or they'll inject new talent or yeah. what. But See, uh, I, I guess for me with Rio, it, I love watching her matches, but I don't necessarily want to watch her, you know, fight. Like there's 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 no rivalry. At least I, I part of it is just me not knowing her previous work. I've just seen her in matches like, well, that's a good time. But when you're trying to set up these matches, like – I don't even know who Sakura is. Uh, I didn't have a real good understanding of why I should want to watch a fight between Riho and Nyla Rose, other than these are two people who can go in the ring. And then obviously you kind of got the the big little dynamic in the ring and they right. played that pretty well. But in terms of like building up a rivalry that so, I need to watch, and, and I yeah. don't even know what the story is. And, and, I, and is with, that from me that missing? One, with that one, I don't think you... Like, that's a good example. Like, you had the big little... And they can both go, that's all you needed for that, I think. But for this, um, I'm not, I don't know. I don't really have any expectation. I'm, and then it doesn't, nothing jumps out at me. I know that Emi Sakura has um, been around for a long time, has has trained a lot of other women. And it is a, you know, a, a veteran versus a, uh, you know, young talent. Uh, you have that dynamic. But yeah. Um, I don't really understand, I guess, um, more or less what to expect from this match. Yeah, I, and I guess for me, it's like we have so many things on the card. When we're going you know, up and down, it's like there is a big buildup between Moxley and Omega. There is a big buildup between Jericho and Cody. Uh, Young Bucks and Santana and Ortiz, it's built onto just the stable rivalry, but like it's there. There's something going on. Paige and Pac built that up. And, you know, we can keep going down the list. There's so much that's actually had story, even for what I think AEW has done, you know, not a great job in terms of telling that story outside of the ring. Uh, Each of these matches has a pretty solid build or at least an attempt to build up something solid. And I don't even has there been promos for these two? Like, is there been? Am I? That's the. If I just missed it because I've missed the last couple AEWs before this week, or is it just something where they're like, well, they're really good wrestlers, so I think you'll be entertained. It's like. That's a little unfair to the women's division that they they haven't even been given time to build this up. And the only promos I've seen is from Brandy Rhodes setting up her, you know, being the manager for uh, Awesome Kong. Yeah. So I, I it's about it. I know. It's 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 very strange, and I I don't know what the the fix is. You know, we we say we're confused by it. No, the fix is give them time. And I get it. You know, if you're if you're bringing in a uh you know uh, a few Joshi. Uh, talents to come in and to beef up your division. Well, you know, you got to figure out how to make that work in terms of the promo side. And it's it's been strange because normally that's a very uh, big flaw in the WWE programming. Uh, whenever they have somebody who's English as a second language or even worse, they don't really speak English at all. And how do you build this up? And it's weird because WWE recently has been doing a pretty good job of putting these people in situations where either they're they're speaking in English, but they're in in very well planned. Uh, promos or letting somebody like Andrade speak in you know Spanish but then have his manager come in and nail the English side of the promo and it's just been pretty damn good now he hasn't gotten a big run at the top uh, in this case I, I know they've had a few promos where they just let Riho speak Japanese but they don't seem very well rehearsed or planned like what she's saying in the promo is not doing a damn good job of selling me on any of the matches and so I, I, I feel like that has to be a big part of it. One is just giving them more time. Like, if you're going to talk about being this progressive uh, alternative WWE, you can't give them less time on the weekly shows than WWE is. Yeah. And that's a that's a big problem. And then on the other side, maybe they are, when we talked earlier about not just having uh, good in-ring workers, but having somebody who's charismatic and can really sell something, maybe they are just missing that. And, you know, I, Britt Baker, as good as she is, uh, it, uh, there's not been a single promo from her that's really sold me on her being a top uh, women's competitor. She she's she may, she's maybe in the, like that AJ Styles range right now, where it's like each promo, none of them are bad, but none of them have like sold me on what she can be as a entertainer. Sure. Uh, and then Bea Priestley has the like look down, but I don't I haven't even heard her talk, so I don't even I could I can't even weigh on it in it because they haven't even given her enough opportunity to talk and let me see what's going on. She's British. Oh well, then definitely let her talk. That's but, yeah. 
It's either going to completely fail or be perfect. So that that's how that works. Uh, I just think that they, they might need to bring something else in. And I know that it's a slow build with Awesome Kong, who it makes perfect sense to let Brandy be her mouthpiece. But you're going to need something else. So I, I will ask, uh, if you had the ability to pick any female talent to bring in, who would you bring in to solidify the AEW women's division? Sonny's still around? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, I know uh, there's, uh, I've heard kind of rumblings of, you know, more or less like someone from the TNA roster or Impact roster, whatever it's called now, uh, in terms of a, like an Emma or a, um, a Tessa Blanchard. Or, yeah, I feel like or, Tessa like, Blanchard like is pretty high up on the, the wish that's list. That's got to be, you know, the, the, I don't know what her contract is. I don't know where. She, you so know. I mean, guess the question here is: forget contracts, forget any. Like this is you could steal. Like I guess you it'd be cheating if you just said Becky Lynch, but you could steal was, somebody. Yeah. But if you want to be a little realistic about it, forget like the the specifics of the contract. But somebody you think obviously they they have the potential to leave WWE sometime in the near future, and you would peg them we do this all the time with the the men's talent like oh yeah. cesaro would be perfect and this randy orton got himself a new contract pretending he would leave WWE as if that was ever a possibility um i think uh charlotte flair would be a fantastic option uh for a couple reasons you have the charisma that can can build storylines um you know you look at a lot of the best storylines in the women's division in the last three years you know charlotte is usually somewhere nearby or at the focal point also, you kind of, you know, bring in a little bit of a, a Flair Rhodes rivalry. Um, I don't know. I, I, I could see AEW having intergender wrestling in the future. You want to see Cody versus Charlotte Flair? Maybe. I don't yeah. know. I, I mean, I'd, I'd watch it. it uh, yeah, I'd be down. You know, sh- uh, you look at somebody like, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's uh, of really anyone in WWE, I think that would be the answer. But, uh also, I think you put Shotzi Blackheart anywhere. Uh, it's going <laughs> to turn to gold. So yeah, I mean, I I I know that the the Q rating has really fallen with Sasha Banks. I feel like she's somebody who, when handled right, could still uh, put the work in in the ring, and she has a character that has been delivered so poorly in recent memory that I just don't know what you do with it. But I do know part of it is giving her a script she just has the worst like inflection on some of this and i don't know how much that changes if she kind of gets to to do it herself i don't think she's the type of game changer on the mic but i think that she's less awkward if she's not forced to say certain talking points so i think there's still there's still something there i know if you're if you're saying it's all about charisma and that's the way to fix AEW women's division what I've seen from Sasha recently makes it where it's like, ah, like before I would have thought it would have been a great, it just made sense when she left. Like that made perfect sense. Like everyone kind of thought that was going to happen. The moment she comes back, she goes to the blue wig and then she can't deliver a single promo to set up a Becky Lynch match, which the matches end up being good, but she did nothing to keep that going. Like Becky was just carrying all of the weight and Sasha was like, at that point, Sasha was almost ruining it with how bad her promo work was. So when that's the thing missing from ABW, it's hard to pinpoint her. Uh, Then you can look at a lot of NXT talent that they're all killing it in the ring. Which one would actually translate to be uh, that star potential uh, in uh, AEW? I don't know which one. I don't don't know which one actually moves the needle when that's the the thing they bring to the table. Because obviously you have people like Io Shirai that's like, what is she going to bring different than uh, the different Joshi talent that they have uh, in AEW? Well, I guess it's that she's a killer heel right now, so she's she's able to break through the language barrier and still tell me she's a badass and I want to watch her fight all the time. And I guess that 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 might be the main thing missing. Forget what time they get to to cut promos and to you know set up these matches. Just having the type of personality that's translated on the screen. Not when you're punching somebody, but just as you're motioning to the crowd. Io Shirai is uh, on fire with that right now in NXT. I don't know which ones I care about. Just watching them come down the ring, they don't they don't seem like stars. I think the closest was uh, what's the the one that we thought was female Tanahashi. She's the closest one to just giving me that feel like, oh, I want to see her fight in a, in a championship match. Obviously, they went Riho over her, but like 
you need somebody like that, and really there's a lot of NXT talent. You go like a, a whether it's Shayna Baszler, who's right now the champion, but even uh, you start moving down the list to a Bianca Belair. She's one who's delivering on the mic, and she she's just the type of antagonist that can work with faces and heels and get them, at the very least, to make you excited for the match, and we know what she can do in the ring uh, in the right situations. So there's a handful of talent that could work, and I don't even know if AEW doesn't have that stable of talent. I know they've added a handful handful of uh, women's wrestlers that I don't even know about and we'll see what they do in the weeks to come but you got to give them time on TV you have to because you know uh, you can't just live off the fact that your crowd like loves your product so much they're going to say oh you're doing a great job there are people coming in to watch there's somebody like Kinsey where I can't get her to watch AEW at all right now because you're not putting anything on the screen that's for her that's for the the type of wrestling fan that they want to see you know women kick ass they also are not going to watch a bunch of clips on Twitter to figure out who all these people are that you're bringing in you're going to have to showcase them in a different way in a better way and I think they've done it a lot with the various male superstars they have done a very poor job with the female superstars up to this point. Um, that's that's about it. All I have for the card. Uh, do you want to do uh, picks right now of who you think is going to win before we jump into just talking about uh, the NXT invasion, getting a little bit of WWE in before we get on out of here? So let's just jump into that. All right. Well, uh, I'm just gonna. I wanna you, pick you want to pick people, so I'm going to pick picks? people. All so right. uh, we'll start off right, with. Well, I'll pick people too. That never do. All right. I'm going to go Moxley uh, over Kenny Omega. Same. I'm going to go Cody because once you say he has to win to ever get a title match again, uh, I don't like the route you'd go where uh, he loses and then he's at some point going to get a title match and then you guys become frauds. You become shitty. So he's going to need to win this match. Same. Uh, Young Bucks versus Santana, Santana and Ortiz. I feel like at this point uh, the Young Bucks obviously lost to the the – was it the Lucha Brothers when yeah. they were like fighting for the uh, to yeah. the tag tournament? So I think right now, Young Bucks definitely, if they were undefeated, they could get a win over Santana and Ortiz. But they're the type of team that need to, if we're going to make records matter, they need to, to win here. And yeah. so I think they win that one. I agree. Um, and then Paige, Pack. This is one that's tough. It depends if we assume Cody's going to win. I think everything that's been built up makes uh, Pack a perfect heel to go for the title next. Yeah. And while Adam Page is on a path that it seems bad to derail it right now, I think it's more important that Pac I, becomes that th- ultimate heel to be the next one up to face Cody. I, th- I think Pac wins this on uh, Pac. Pac? I, I, I don't know. I thought it was Pac. I think it's Pac because like, I w- would want to say X-Pac. I would want to say Pac. And then when they said it the other way, I'm like, damn it, it's the other one. The bastard. The um, bastard. That makes I, it easier. I, we won't I think, get it wrong. I think he wins, and I think this is key that they do have a good match. I think he, this is when you, know, you think of a lot of your uh, uh, Kazuchika Okada title defenses. You know, Just because you lost didn't mean that you weren't still advanced after that match. So I think that you can advance both men in that match with having – uh, Pac win and then go on to be your challenger. All right, that's fair. Uh, next up, uh, women's championship match: Rio uh, versus Sakura. Uh, who do you got there? I, I'm gonna go with Rio. Just yeah. at, at this point, once again, without me even knowing who Sakura is, uh, I have no reason to think she's going to win the she's, belt, she's and they're just gonna keep the moving it around. Freddie Mercury girl. Oh, is that the one? Yeah. Oh, this I don't even know if I want to watch this match. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, SoCal Uncensored versus Lucha Brothers versus Private Party. Three-way tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Uh, Lucha Brothers. Uh, it seems simple enough to me. Um, You're going to go crazy here? Go Private Party. We got we to gotta, we gotta disagree <laughs> on something. That's my, we, wi- that's my wild If one. we just yeah. pick all the same, then it doesn't matter. Like it, It'll probably be Lucha Brothers, and I'm, I'm down with that. But, all right. Uh, We'll uh, Joey Janela versus Sean Spears. Uh, Joey Janela. Yeah, he's on. He he's winless right now, so he he needs to come through. Uh, but I also think that's the story they're going to keep playing. I think Sean Spears wins, and Joey Janela keeps yelling, "I need a win." Uh, the pre-show match we talked about: Bea Priestley, Britt Baker. Bea Priestley. 
I'm going to go Britt Baker. You're probably right. <laughs> uh, so that those are our picks, and now we get to talk about the thing that is the most exciting thing happening in wrestling right now, and I don't know uh, how much we said earlier. I am so forgetful, uh, but I probably mentioned it a few times. I definitely mentioned it on the last podcast. Right now, NXT has been the best weekly program. If I'm rating it, if I'm putting you know, uh, you know, know, ABC on it, uh, it's been A since they, they've started having all the shows, since the, the season premiere of wrestling or whatever the hell they called it. Uh, everybody, you know, if you, if you want to talk about AEW, I feel like a lot of good stuff has happened, but it has been nowhere close to NXT. NXT has been the best of both worlds. And while, uh, you know, SmackDown and Raw have uh, kind of flip-flop between uh, being okay and unwatchable, uh, NXT has been amazing. And then it even yeah. made SmackDown not just watchable. It made SmackDown damn good on Friday when NXT invaded. They, I think they played it up really well to build up those stars. Uh, then when they went to raw, they didn't just run it back, which is what I was afraid of. They found a way to make that fairly compelling. Yeah. And then obviously, uh, a damn good time when you open up NXT and the first thing you see is the club out there. And AJ Styles like, Oh, this is what NXT feels like as he never had to be yeah. stuck there before. Uh, I, I think it's been a hell of a week uh, of uh, you know weekly programming for WWE, and that's almost entirely caused by uh, what NXT has been able to do, it's and then what they brought to the table. It's been caused by travel delays, uh, that <laughs> <Anyway>. as well. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I know. I'm, I'm. I've been really enjoying it a lot, and uh, it's it's one of those boosts, those moments as a wrestling fan that you're like, oh yeah, this is this is why I watch this every week, you know, and. Um, and I still haven't seen last night's episode of, episode of NXT actually, but uh, it's a good uh, it's a good view. I'm sure uh, the way things have been going, and then and then last week the was it last week the announcement of War Games. Yeah, um, so they, a lot of stuff, and that's going to be a tough one with War Games being uh, pay per view going into you know Survivor Series and the Survivor Series that involves NXT. That might have been the biggest thing. It wasn't just yeah. NXT invading, but it was like Crown Jewel. This is kind of bad, and there's nothing good happening here. And then they're like. There, here's a commercial for I, Raw versus SmackDown yeah. versus NXT. I'm predicting a Raw and SmackDown run in at the end of Takeover. That's um, not bad, and 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 I think that that I, that's my image of how the Takeover how that Takeover is going to end. We also still have a few weeks. It might not just be a run in, <coughs> but there might be matches yeah, that are shit. involving them on the card. Yeah, uh, and I think that'd be smart just because you know you have the formulaic uh you know way survivor series runs which ca- could be a problem uh you know uh i i think that having uh the different traditional survivor series matches where it's 5 on 5 on 5 uh that can get a little brutal if there's too many of them i love the idea of the triple threats between champions i think that you know is going to work out uh very well but that also you know bunch of triple threat matches like we also want to have some stuff where it is one on one, or at least it's you know two people that have some level of build up that they're like, I just hate you. Like you're on this show, and I'm going to take yeah. you out. And that might be a match that's better to add to the NXT Takeover card, yeah. Rather than be like this, this it's going. There's only going to be a handful of matches on the Survivor Series card because there are a bunch of multi man matches. Yeah. So it would make sense to get a couple of them. Like, yeah, let's get them before and let's make it where it's this cross promotion that's going to work really well. And you know, you have to do it right, and you got a couple weeks to do it. And you know, hopefully the the extra time isn't the thing that fucks it up, as sometimes it does when yeah. Vince McMahon's in charge. Yeah. Um. I would say, uh, I know we, we haven't uh, done this segment recently, but uh, back to the war game. The, my favorite moment of every year now um, is when there's a brawl in November or late October on NXT, and you're just like waiting for William Regal to come out in that moment. <laughs> you're like, oh God, William Regal's here and he has a microphone. He's going to scream war games. And it's like, you see it coming and it's still just like, it's the greatest Thing that happens to me all year as a wrestling fan is William Regal announcing War Games. Is it even possible to one up War Games from last year? Like, is it is it something that they're capable of doing? We'll find out. I mean, it it is a uh, another you know big uh, historic stride women's War Games match. That's true, and that's so, that's that's going to be a, a damn good time. And yeah. they just have so much talent right now. This is the perfect time for it. Uh, I was actually kind of—it's kind of crazy when you think of how much of the the women's storylines have been dominated uh, by the four horsewomen, 
and to to have that much talent in NXT and for them not to have already just started picking them off, bringing them up. Yeah. I guess, you know, part of that's because they were, you know, turning it into the third brand rather than being, right. you know, the the minor league system, but also it just seemed like they would at least get a couple and they yeah. they, they haven't yet and that means they left just enough for the the perfect timing, a the first women's war games match with all of the right talent there in NXT. Um I just thought of this. What's out? Al- is Alistair Black currently in a feud? I don't. I feel like he's still doing the like sitting in the back thing. And, uh, he's, he's. I think still he's doing that, and then he he's doing that, and then he's like smoking. He's just getting squash matches. Yeah. I feel like uh, a very fun way to build into War Games uh, takeover would be he's like the 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 one that on the Raw roster that stands up and has to go back to NXT and and it's kind of a uh, like as he's officially branded or whatever but even though he's not you know uh, that's the thing he's that perfect like floater in between where he's not going to be i really don't want to see alistair black out there wearing a monday night raw t-shirt um yeah but (laughs) but i think it would be interesting if he had some sort of a like safeguard role in this feud. yeah i mean there's also i mean i'd be fine with him wearing the raw or smackdown shirt because uh this is the one year it's a good thing because i think that there is the potential for guys like Aleister Black, guys like Cesaro, guys like EC3 to be a part of the Raw or SmackDown team, whichever show they're on, and for them to be the ones who turn on the main brand and rip off the shirt to show an NXT shirt underneath that would be and sick. they go back to like NXT. Good so uh, th- like this is the one time where I'm not going to be mad about the shirts because they're, <laughs> they have the potential to have a huge payoff. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to suck because once we start talking about this, we're all just going to guess it and then we're going to be at Survivor Series and one of them's going to turn. And even though it's going to be this great fucking thing, we're going to be like, saw it, knew it, called it weeks ago. <laughs> and uh, that's going to really piss me off. But I'm still excited for it. Like, just like the William Regal coming out to say War Games, I'm still, yeah. it doesn't matter who it is. If if one of them does it, it I'm going to be so fucking It happy. is the delivery day of the J.C. Penny catalog before <laughs> Christmas season. The William Regal War Games announcement is. So, yeah, I... Once again, NXT killing it right now. So much good going on, and it just adds so much potential. Like, not just NXT invading, but how many people are they going to bring back to NXT now that it is something where it's all supposed to be on the same level? You know, what are they going to do, and how they're going to keep the this built up? Because they saw in one week, you know, just, just having that, like, everybody knew after the invasion. It's like, there's a good chance there's going to have the main brand stars invading NXT as well, and they got themselves up on the same level as AEW, and I didn't think that was going to happen, at least not anytime soon. Uh, it just seemed like the the number of people watching was going to be in AEW's favor uh, for the foreseeable future. They got that evened up real quick, and you know once Vince sees those numbers, he's like, well, what are we going to do to surpass AEW? What are we going to do to squash those little bitches? Uh, he's going to push it. He's going to keep up in the ante each week so now nxt is definitely must see tv uh anything else with wrestling we didn't normally we start the show and i forgot to do it uh <coughs> what's the best thing in wrestling you've watched i mean we, we just talked about so much William good Regal shit, announcing so, war games so that's just the best <laughs> the best thing you've seen all right yep. so if it, that's yep. that's how <laughs> if that's what you want to use stand by that all right well that that's it that's all we have uh for this episode of wait what's yours uh, well, see, I just did it like a day ago. So, uh, the NXT invasion was so good. Like it was yeah. such a good time. So right now that's probably right there. Although now that I've gotten to watch NXT this week, uh, I don't think there was anything that stood out better than in the, the actual NXT invasion. But it, like I said, it was damn good to see AJ Styles coming and be like, Oh, this is what it's like. A great, great spot by day. The type of AJ spot, you know, it's like, he's never going to like super sell me on the mic. But sometimes he's just in the right position and he delivers when he needs to. And so definitely was a really good moment. But that's all we have for this episode of the Making a Mark Wrestling Show. Definitely we're going to be back next week. We might, once again, we might have two uh, podcasts. This might just be the the, the new normal. Uh, or we'll you know get half of one with Wade, half of one with Ethan. And forever, Ethan will just keep calling out to Wade. And Wade will forget that Ethan exists. And we'll do that week after week after right. week. Well, I was going to do that <clears throat> bit as my sign-off, but... Uh... We'll kick it to you. I didn't mean I didn't mean to crush your (laughs) spirit, Uh, but we will be back. We will have more content. Look at this positively. It's like two Christmases. I know your parents got divorced, but it's it's a good thing. It wasn't mutual. You know, this is uh, it's hard staying together. (laughs) Uh, It's harder than it looks. It's not all uh, 
Not all sitcom TV shows make it out to be. That's it. We'll be back next week with a recap of Full Gear. Later, Marks. Take it to you, Wade.